for moving by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you that burdens have been removed and yokes have been destroyed and all the enemy would array against the people of God today has been rendered null and void, useless and inoperative right now. And Lord, even as the woman of God was travailing and Her travail was not without effect. It was not useless. But Lord, we are so thankful today that it accomplished that which you've moved on her heart to do. And again today, Lord, we thank you that every yoke has been destroyed, every burden has been removed because of the anointing that is in this place today. For your anointing and your presence is so strong among us today. Hallelujah. We glory in your presence. We soak in and receive more of your anointing today. And we bless your holy name right now. And Lord, to continue to let the gift of God be stirred up within us today. Stir us, Lord. Just as a song we sang this morning, continue to stir us today so that we shout a little lie, louder, that we jump a little higher, that we dance a little longer, that we do all for you and do it all for your kingdom. Do it all for your glory. And we do it all to honor you today. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, today. And we love you today, Lord. And Lord, to you, You're worthy. You alone are worthy because you are Christ. You are the king. The lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the everlasting father, the altogether lovely. You are the ancient of days. We bless your name today because you are You are, you are our Lord and our Savior and our Majesty. And so we thank you for that today. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Glory be to God. And one thing we know as people of God is that the Bible bears it out and the Bible reinforces it. And that is that God, our God, that our God, our God. Hallelujah. 
He is a giving God. He is a loving God. He is a merciful and a kind God. He gives. We must believe. We must receive. And we will, must be, we must be, must be, must be so hungry to possess all that our Lord has provided for us on the cross of Calvary, people of God. Hallelujah. This atmosphere is so sweet in this place. Heaviness has been lifted. Our God is a lifter. He is our glory and he is the lifter up of our heads. And Lord, we thank you for the lifting. Thank you for the moving of your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 1. This morning in your hearing. As we are continuing in our Back to the Basics series. Faith to receive. Possessing your possessions. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 1. And we will read verse 21 and then verse 30 through verse 39. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. Verse 30. The Lord your God which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how the Lord thy God bare thee as a man doth bear his son. And all the way that he went, until you came into this place, Yet in this thing, ye did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you, to search you out a place to pitch your tents, in fire by night, to show you by what way ye should go, and in a cloud by day. And the Lord heard the voice of your words and was wroth and swear, saying, 
Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land, which I swear to give unto you and unto your fathers. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it. And to him will I give the land that ye hath trodden upon, and to his children, and because he hath wholly followed the Lord. Because he hath wholly followed the Lord. Also the Lord was angry with me for your sakes, saying, Thou also shall not go in thither. Meaning Moses. But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Mm. And moreover, your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. The word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, as we know by now that Moses was not allowed to enter into the promised land. But yet he had a job to do. We all have jobs to do, people of God, as people of God. Here in verse 39. Moreover, your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, and your children, which that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. I understand the children, uh, the very children of the Israelites uh, had been worried about uh, uh, what would be, uh, how were they going to possess this land which the Lord gave to them. But as we read here in verse 39 that the parents were not on board with what God was doing. The parents failed to, 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 to hear and do what God commanded them to do. And because of that, we could call them uh, uh, disobedient parents. But God is yet a God of grace and mercy. He is an all-loving and an all-forgiving God. And so the second generation of believers, they were the ones who would be given the promised land. So in the rebellion of the parents, they rebelled because they had, now listen to me now, they had used their children as an excuse for not entering into the promised land. And this is what they said. They said, well, you know, we, we, Moses, yeah, yeah, we don't want our children to become captives and, and, and slaves of the enemies who are, would oppose them and kill them and do all kinds of things and bring them into captivity. And 
the parents. That excuse was a slap in the face of God. And it was a total lack of trust and confidence in God because, again, they used their children as the excuse for distrusting God. Uh, none of us would, would, would overtly say that, well, Lord, we don't trust you. We don't have faith in you, Lord. I'm just not going to hear and listen to anything that you say, but... What about our actions? The Bible says that all the children were saved from the judgment of God. And, and, and all the children that were 20 years old and younger, they were the ones that would go into the promised land. And the inheritance of the promised land was given to that second generation of believers. In fact, all of those Israelites that were standing before Moses as he preached this sermon here in Deuteronomy chapter 1, they were the second generation of Israelites. And they were the ones that went in to possess the land because their parents would not. So... What I need to tell you this morning, people of God, is that don't let somebody else take what belongs to you. In fact, I could enhance that and say, don't ever let somebody else take what belongs to you. In fact, we heard the song a little earlier, and it's, it's yours. And that just seemed to set the tone and the tone of worship and the tone of praise and took us to another level in our worship celebration on this morning. Yes, it's up to us to not ever fail to believe God. It is, uh, we are not ever supposed to live in fear and rebellion and grumble and not follow after God. Again, I say, don't let somebody else take what belongs to you. That sounds like a very simple statement, but sometimes it's too hard to do. Well, they're too big, they're too strong, they're too many. It's just too difficult and I don't feel like it and, you know, I'm just not cut out. That's not my personality and all of those kinds of things. Don't let the enemy deceive you. Take what belongs to you. So this morning I say to you, Raymond Word of Life Fellowship Church, it's just time again for us to rise up and possess the things that God has promised to each and every one of us. Hallelujah. We've got to be able to stand up and get up and continue to stand on the Word of God. It's one thing I've learned down through the years is to stand on God's Word. Hallelujah. And stick a pen in that scripture, heaven and earth may pass away, but my word shall not. So not only to continue to stand on the word of God, but continue to command the presence of God over every situation in your life, no matter how minuscule, hallelujah, no matter how minor it may be, command God's presence. Ha. Huh. Yes. Hallelujah. 
There were two men, uh, Joshua and Caleb. They, they, they were those that stood with Moses. They, they, they were with him. And God told Moses, and he said to him, Moses, uh, you, you're not going to enter into the promised land, but, but I have a man that has been with you from his youth, from 38 years. For 38 years, he's been with you, and, and, and it is going to be your assignment. It is going to be your job to encourage him because he is going to be the one that takes my people into the promised land to inherit it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. One thing I know about Moses, uh, about Joshua, excuse me, from reading from his history and studying him is the fact that he was very devoted to Moses. Hallelujah. Yeah, and even when, once when Moses just, uh, 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 Joshua felt that Moses' authority was, was being undermined by two people who were prophesying amongst the Israelites independently of Moses, Joshua went to Moses and said, my Lord Moses, you just need to stop them. And I believe that's one of the things that made Joshua so great. Was that he was devoted to Moses over such a long period of time and he was concerned about his welfare. And whenever he saw that something was not right, he was the one to set it right. Now I'm just going to talk about the church for just a few minutes, if you will. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I said all of that to take us to this particular point. So there are some people that can't work under a leader for a long period of time. And, 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 and so after time, they, they, they just get up and they decide that they want to launch out on their own ministry. Sometimes that is the will of God. Sometimes it is not. But the key to doing great things for God, people of God, is not primarily by working through individuals, but by working through the body of believers, the ecclesia, that body of believers together that are made up of committed individuals who really want to serve the Lord. People who are, are like precious faith, who work in that portion of the vineyard, that get the vision, that see the vision, and are willing to follow and carry out the mission. More often, people can do the greatest good by sticking with that same group and doing the good work with that group. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I know for a fact that if you're one of those people that many times you may not get too much recognition here on earth, but in God's quote unquote hall of faith and the kingdom, that person will be known to have contributed significantly to everything that God has called that particular leader to do. Hallelujah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It has been my observation that if people uh, work for a long time to, to assist a leader, then that leader also needs to be truly concerned for that person that is assisting him in the work. Moses surely cared for Joshua like that. Hallelujah. But I find it interesting again because God asked Moses to encourage Joshua for he shall cause Israel to inherit the land. 
But here it is. That first rebellious generation that set out of Egypt would not see the promised land. God said that their children would. We read there in verse 39 of Deuteronomy chapter 1. Hallelujah. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. You don't have to say amen uh, if you're listening. Uh, it's interesting that parents, these parents use their children as an excuse for their disobedience. They said that their little ones would become prey if they tried to enter into the promised land. But it's sad to say, but sometimes parents use the welfare of their children as an excuse for moving away from the tough call of God on their lives. But I have to say that Looking after children is an important service. One of the most important services that you can do for God. But any parent who reduces their involvement in church so that they can give more time to their children is not giving up God's service for family duties. They were replacing one form of Christian service for another. So in those times when we're unsure about uh, th th the things of God, if sometimes there's just a little hesitation and a little trepidation in your walk of faith. When fears come, we're supposed to look away from what causes us terror to remember God who is and what wonderful things he has done for us and all those wonderful things that he has blessed us with. In fact, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, hallelujah, that memory of how God has worked in all of our lives should be enough to quiet all of our fears, settle all of our doubt, and restore our trust and faith in him. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Turn to Mark chapter 11. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 11, verse 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, verse 21, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Peter was just so amazed that he excitedly shouted out and said, Rabbi, look, that fig tree which you cursed is withered. And verse 22, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. That was Jesus' reply to Peter's excitement and exclamation. Just have faith in God. And Jesus went on to say, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says are going to happen, it will be granted him. Then I just, that's my paraphrased, paraphrased, excuse me, version of that. So Jesus was saying, Peter, don't be surprised at that simple withering of a fig tree. That's nothing compared to what can happen if you have faith in God. Why, if you know how to believe God, you can command a mountain to jump into the sea and it will obey you. Yes. 
Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. That's in Matthew chapter 21, verse 21, people of God. Well, people of God, I think that is a fantastic promise. Amen, people of God. Miracles at our command, mountains at our disposal. I would have been satisfied at the withering fig trees, wouldn't you? But, but moving mountains? And this shouldn't surprise us as if that were uncommon. Uh, uh, I believe it would have been the norm, the ordinary, the expected thing. But the condition for us is fill, fulfilling the promises of God in our lives is the amazing promise that Jesus has given to all of us. What is that promise? We read it. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. Well, now somebody may ask and they may say, well, wasn't that just for that first century church? That was a dispensational promise limited to the original disciples? Well, they had to start somewhere. So follow me now. Follow me. Two facts. Lead me to believe that the promise that Jesus had given them, have faith in God, that is an eternal promise. It is a universal promise in this application. But I love the words that proceed, that, that precede, excuse me, that promise. Jesus said, truly I say to you, or as it says here in the King James, verily I say unto you, those words are found throughout the Gospels, and they are a formula that Jesus used, yes, when he always wanted to teach a timeless truth to his people. And the second is, the promise says, whosoever. Whosoever. Nothing in verse 23 of Mark chapter 11 here. Or his context warrants limiting what Jesus had to say just to those first century disciples. There were whosoever's back then. Now, are there any whosoever's now? Are there any whosoever's here in the church on this morning? Hallelujah. I'm a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Yes, hallelujah. So then faith is given. Not that we can perform miracles, people of God, but that way we may please God. It's all about pleasing God. And to me, that's the greatest miracle of all. Hallelujah. Yeah, you know why that is so? Because the devil can work miracles. But watch this. He can't please God. He can't please him. Nothing greater can be said of us than that we please God. Now, I just mentioned to you that we have miracles at our command. So what is a miracle? And you probably won't find this definition in a theological textbook. But in my opinion, a miracle is God doing what only God can do. Yes, if you want to write that down, a miracle is God doing what only God can do. That means that is a happening beyond man's power to produce or prevent anything. A miracle is God moving that which cannot be moved and building that which cannot be built and destroying that which cannot be destroyed 
That is the omniscient power of God. Sometimes we have heard, quote unquote, acts of God. Say God is sovereign and he can do whatever he wants to do anytime he wants to do just that. But this sovereign act of almighty God may at times be spectacular and it may be sensational. And then there are other times it may appear so ordinary that we fail to recognize it as God has done something miraculous in our lives. I don't know if you experienced it and felt it this morning, but God did something miraculous for all of us on this morning. And I was talking to someone recently who said that the day of miracles is past. But the, all of us with that discerning eye of faith sees the hand of God in the natural as well as in the supernatural. So then the Jesus meant what he said when he said people of God have faith in God. Is it possible? If we have enough faith to cast a literal mountain of dirt, rocks, and trees into the sea, could you or me, by the sheer power of faith, relocate Mount Everest into the nearest ocean? Well, quite frankly, I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind when he was using this teaching amongst the people. I believe that he meant something far greater than what he was even talking about. Now remember my definition of miracle. God doing that which only God can do. So then given enough time and equipment and dynamite, man can move a mountain into the sea. But we're talking about something only God can do. And furthermore, we have no written record of it. Either Jesus or any of his disciples ever taking a stick of dynamite, digging a hole, putting it inside of the mountain, and blowing up a mountain. Well, I believe that casting a mountain in the sea would serve no redemptive purpose. And we got to remember that Jesus was no sideshow sensationalist. Everything Jesus did had redemptive purpose. I'm going to say that again. Everything Jesus did had redemptive purpose. When he went to the cross of Calvary, when he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, when he was chastised for our peace, when by the stripes that he bore on his back, he provided healing and wholeness and soundness and wellness for us. The blood he shed for us was to pay the price to redeem us from the curse of the law. So now in the Bible, mountains are used to symbolize barriers and hindrances. Mountains in the scriptures represent immovable objects, insurmountable problems that block the path of God's people that would make progress impossible for them. I remember back in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 11 when Isaiah the prophet was, uh, speaks of the time when people would be released from their captivity and returned to their homelands. But standing between them and their destination were mountains. There were towering barricades shouting like Amalek. And you remember Amalek. This is as far as you can go. But speaking through the prophet Isaiah, this is what God says. He said, I will make all of my mountains a road. 
And in that same way, for us as people of God, God promises to turn the mountains into a freeway, into a highway, into an expressway for all of us. In other words, he says that the mountains will be cast into the sea, leaving the path open and clear for everybody that would trust in him, everybody that would believe and receive and possess all that he has provided for us. Mountain is anything that threatens to halt or hinder our God-appointed journey. Mm. Is anything that prevents us from doing what God has commanded. Or for us becoming what God has promised in our lives. But now Jesus is telling us if we can believe, there is nothing that can keep us from doing what God has commanded us to do or becoming what God has saved us to be. We have been planted in this earth for such a time as this. Isn't that good news, saints of God? I believe that it is. So Rama, Word of Life Fellowship Church, Again, this morning I say to you, it is yours, just like the song that we heard on this morning. So rise up and possess the things that God has promised to each and every one of us. Stand up and go get it. Continue to stand on the word of God. Continue to, to command the presence of God on every situation again in your life. Command your healing to come forth and manifest itself. It has already been given to you, so just stand up and take it. Don't be moved. Command the presence of God on your finances. Command the goodness of God to manifest in your finances. Follow all of those principles that Jesus set out in Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. Hallelujah. Believe in your heart. And say it out of your mouth that all of your needs are met, that you are out of debt, and that the windows of heaven are open to you and that the minimum of the 100-fold return is yours in this lifetime, and that you always operate financially according to the wisdom of God. And then you can find that in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and also in chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. People of God, hallelujah. As I'm going to my seat. This morning, I need to tell you again that God is waiting on your words. God is waiting for you to possess the land in your lives. So we've got to continue to be strong on the word of God. Be strong, hallelujah, in laying hold to all of those things that God has provided for us. We heard it in our corporate prayer on this morning to this degree, rise up in business. And lay hold of millions and billions of dollars for the kingdom of God. Rise up and lay hold and continue to be strong in the Lord. Be possessors of God. Be overcomers. Be quick to believe and be quick to receive. Hallelujah. Be led by the spirit of God. And learn to hear from God. Know what he has given you and what he hasn't. And when you K-N-O-W, when you know you have heard from God, people of God, no matter how many N-O's, no how many no's you get, just call one more person. Set your face like flint and go after what God has promised for you. Don't be moved and don't quit. Just keep on fighting the good fight of faith. 
Keep calling, keep checking, keep asking, and watch the hand of God move. Don't quit. Just keep hearing from the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's yours, people of God. Believe and receive. Possess your possession. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.